0: Hello, and welcome to the Made to Lead podcast, a show where we tell the personal and professional stories of amazing people of African descent who are leading in their own way. I'm your host, Aziz Garuba, and on each episode, I interview a dynamic individual and discuss their achievements, challenges, dreams, and aspirations, and the lessons they've learned along the way. These candid conversations are meant to showcase their superb talents and leadership philosophies, with the hope that inspires you, because you were also made to lead. If you're listening for the first time, I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MadeToLeadShow. Also visit our website MadeToLead.co for more information about each episode. All right. Uh, greetings, everyone. So today on, on the show, uh, my guest is Tim Akinusi. He's a former managing director at APSA Home Loans. Uh, APSA is a bank in in South Africa. Uh, and prior to that, he was the executive head of sales and client value management at NetBank Home Loans, uh, which he was doing for seven years. Uh, so Tim led NetBank's uh, home loan sales and client innovation growth post the 2011 South African mortgage crisis, and he re-established its home loans brand and market share uh, through independent uh, estate agents and residential property developers. In 2012, Tim launched South Africa's first end-to-end application channel for Nedbank Home Loans, uh, where the platform attracts over a 1,000 applications each month and generates over 2 billion rand in home loans for Nedbank. Uh, he was also responsible for numerous innovations and improved the online experience uh, and buyer education for home buyers at Nedbank. Uh, in 2019, so last year, uh, Tim McKinsey f- uh, founded Mortgage Market uh, at mortgagemarket.co.za um, out of a need to use technology to enable ordinary South Africans to take control over their home loan application journey and in the process earn some value rewards in the form of a, of a real cash um, a rebate for their self-service behavior. Uh, Mortgage Market is the first online marketplace for home loans to give customers direct access to the top five banks in South Africa and share its revenues with clients who originate their home loans from the platform. Uh, Tim holds a Bachelor of Commerce degree um, and an MBA, and he also has an Executive Education Certificate from Duke University. Um, And he joins us all the way from South Africa today. So thanks for for joining us, Tim.
1: Thanks for having me, Aziz. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Uh, so let's just get started. So, so how did you? How did how did your life begin? Well, uh, you know, what was your upbringing? Where did you grow up? What was school like for you? Uh, uh, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm actually uh, sure I'm a product of many different societies. Um, I uh, spent the first six years of my life in uh, Nigeria. So I was born in Lagos, and um, I was born to parents who are uh, teachers. So my dad is an academic and my mom's a retired teacher and um, yeah we, we sort of moved out of uh, Nigeria in the late 80s when my dad got an opportunity to lecture out in, um, in Swaziland so the whole family uh, my, siblings, my siblings and I we all relocated down to Swaziland um, this was around about 1989-1990 uh, so we spent about five years in Swaziland And then um, as soon as South Africa kind of opened up from uh, uh, the context of um, its democracy um, post-1994, we we had been visiting prior to that. Um, We then made the transition to move over to South Africa. Um, And uh, I pretty much grew up in a small town called Alice Mm -hmm. in the Eastern Cape. And I went to – primary school in a small town called at Primary, which is about 20Ks from Alice. And um, high school was done in, uh, in a boarding school called Graham College out in Grahamstown, which is a boys' school. And that was really how I um, kind of got my baptism of just growing up pretty fast, you know, moving into a boarding school environment um, at a very young age. And uh, I then... You know, we, uh, upon graduation, I then moved over to University of KwaZulu-Natal, um, out in Peter nice. Uh, Completed my first degree there. I had amazing, amazing time in varsity. Got my first uh, working uh, experience there. Got my first um, overseas experience in terms of going out to work um, at sports stores out in the UK. And uh, my varsity years were really my formative adult years in terms of how I started to think about uh, my career, think about my journey in terms of making money and making decisions on my own and just being a fully fledged uh, independent individual. Um, that all came from my years um, in the university space there. And then, of course, moving out to Joburg to start um, formal employment was a uh, was pretty cool um and uh yeah so my my majority of my life has been uh pretty much a constant move wherever my dad was moving to um from an uh from an employment standpoint you know uh he he was a a professor and so he moved around from university to university and the family just followed him around um yeah so you could pretty much say I'm Nigerian but with a South African culture and upbringing. Um, but I, I like to think of myself as somebody who um, is very liberal and, and, and has experienced, um, you know, uh, different cultures. Um, uh, yeah, in terms of how I've been raised,
0: nice. No, that's that's really excellent. And, and <laughs> so, you're 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 yeah, you're a, I guess a, a citizen and, a,
1: and of of
0: three different countries through experience and through different challenges and upbringing as well um, what uh, you you know going through all of that d- did you ever experience yeah. or feel um, that there was a bit of an identity crisis like you know where do I belong um, because you're you, you're almost like a foreigner in every country that you've been in since you know moving to Swaziland and then South Africa even um, you know out in the UK and, and the US like how did how, how did that feel for you? Um, yeah from an identity perspective
1: yeah it's you know it's 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 such a an important question because um it's a question that i've had to engage and deal with um at different phases of of my life i mean uh, leaving nigeria and moving out to south africa was um was quite a shock to the system because obviously i had to adjust to a new culture um language barriers um sort of get acquainted with this thing of being a foreigner Mm. and what that actually meant. Um, And then over the years becoming a South African citizen and um, having more of a South African culture to how I, I kind of related to people. um, But at the same time, not quite being South African. Mm. And I suppose those moments for me were really amplified when I made my first trip back to Nigeria after like, 17, 18 years of of not having gone back there and you almost are part of the society because you understand the lingo you understand the the language, you understand um, you know, the cultural dynamics, but then your accent's different and people can pick that up that, you know, (laughs) you've been out of the country a very long time so they don't quite they see you, but they don't also quite fully kind of uh, uh, sort of accept you you know as just a regular you know Nigerian and so that was interesting for me because I always had to you know kind of try to adapt a lot more Hmm. and then you come back to South Africa and people again you know as much as they see a South African and I look South African they still see that I'm not fully South African
0: Right.
1: so it's kind of this uh this constant identity crisis of of knowing that you are part of two societies but both of them have never fully accepted or will 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 kind of always see you as a full version of themselves Right. right um and then it got to the stage where I just started being comfortable with just being somebody who has uh, an upbringing that is mixed, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I would identify. I would say, hey, you know, I have Nigerian culture in me. I have South African culture in me, and this is who I am. So I haven't really, uh, you know, as I've grown up, I've not let it bother me. I've not let it sort of uh, negatively impact how I've managed to fit in. You know, I've right. always just looked at people, Um for who they are and, uh, and expected that they would see me the same thing, you know, or or see see me in the same way. Um, And yeah, but it's, it's been a challenge to, you know, it's not been kind of an overnight thing. It's, it's, it's taken me a long time. Um, And I think to some extent, I can still say that, you know, I still go through some of that explaining, you know, Mm. for people who've met me for the first time, you know, they kind of, Still hear my accent, and they're like, uh, "We're not quite sure how to place you. You're not, you don't quite sound South African or Nigerian. So yeah. what's that about?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: A, a lot of us have experienced experienced that, especially when we are, you know, multi-jurisdictional uh children, if you will. Sure. Um, you know, uh, you know, especially even for us that are out in the diaspora in North America. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you 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 know, you're from this country, but. That's not what I know people from this country to sound like. Uh, right. Where's that other accent from? But you live here, you know. It, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a weird. And of course, challenge. You, you
1: can always you can always sort of change your accents, you know, depending on on your environment. Yeah, yeah, So That's quite interesting. <laughs> I, I think that's
0: a valuable skill because then you can you can adapt to to a, a different environment. You can understand and empathize with different people, which I think, uh, from a leadership perspective, is really really. Uh, essential when it comes to just even thinking about uh, uh, being a leader of diverse people. Um, absolutely, you know, you can you can you can really relate to a variety of diverse characters within your team or or within the group that that you're charged with. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So let's you're talk so about right. your uh, let's talk about your your career now. You know, you you university, sure. you've 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 gone into the you know the professional working environment in Johannesburg. Um, how do you go from that to you know deciding that okay I need to step out of corporate and I need to do my own thing as an entrepreneur?
1: Right. So you know I'd be lying to you if I said that that was all a journey by design. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's really uh, you know one. I actually took it just in in phases. You know I think um, when I look at the phase I was saying complete invarsity. It was just all about saying, how do I get into the work environment? How do I start to acquire skills, experience, and um, and building a contact base that would allow me to, to earn a living? That was really what I was trying to do. That was my focus in. And one of the things that I was very fortunate to have was, an understanding of the job environment, you know, while still being in university. So uh, I had a great opportunity to become a student brand manager whilst I was, um, you know, completing my second and third year, which really entailed me doing student promotions um, in the varsity environment for a company called Unilever. So I was uh, pretty much running all of the brand activations that happened during the uh, the campus um, uh, semesters, and what that allowed me to do was just come to grips with this concept of taking a brief, understanding uh, what the outcomes are, understanding the process that the client wants you to go through, and then having a bunch of promoters that I had to uh, lead and manage, and you know get them to do certain things in a certain way. And that was quite uh, useful for me because when I started my first job, I could demonstrate my ability to um, to handle things that other interns couldn't handle. Mm. Um, and so on that theme, I just kind of made myself into a sponge. I really, you know, uh, made sure I absorbed as much as, as I possibly could. I never saw any task as too human- much beneath me. Um, I also recall going to a, uh, a session where there was one of the, the founding um, partners of a well-known bank um, out here called First, uh, First Rand. Mm. Um, his name is Paul Harris. And he mentioned something. He said, young people need to know everything, something about everything, and everything about something. And that really stuck with me because what he meant was, in your formative years, you can't be too uh, narrow-minded in terms of the experiences that you gather. You've got to almost open yourself up to learning as much as you can, um, and then as you go along, then start to become a little bit more specific about where you see yourself going, what you see your your skill sets um, developing into. And that allowed me to just rise up pretty fast in terms of my next, uh, you know, gig, which was to become a, a brand manager for um, uh, a chocolate brand called Ferrero. Um, I had no brand management experience when I when I got that that gig, and um, I just applied myself. I just showed a lot of commitment to learn, and um, and just an, an open minded view of how I saw the business you know um, that was great because my next gig after that um, becoming marketing, marketing manager at NetBank the same thing I had no prior experience in running you know uh, a brand in the context of a digital um, uh, environment but I just again just applied myself showed a willingness to learn, showed a willingness to soak up um, as much um, of what was thrown at me and just applied myself to be the best that I could be, you know. Um, and that has snowballed into my third gig, which was moving out to to life and um, starting up their online division there with no experience in, in, uh, in insurance um, and, Again, that was an an and 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 an, an opportunity for me to get to applying myself to environments that I'd never had any prior experience to.
0: And, and that was also within yeah. Ned Bank as well. Sorry, that was within Ned Bank as well, right?
1: Yeah, so that was actually outside of Ned Bank. Okay. So um, my move to clientele life, which is which is a life insurance business, okay. Um, yeah, so that was about uh, – in fact, how I got that was I started my MBA, so I, I went back to school to do an MBA, and uh, the managing director of Clientile Life happened to be a classmate of mine, and this was just before the financial crisis hit. Mm-hmm. And in essence, he, he was like, you know, we've never really engaged in an online environment uh, before. A lot of our business has been done by telesales. We think that there's something in this. We know that you know what you're doing at at NetBank is pretty much within the digital realm. So can you now come across and and help us start this entire division? Wow! And so I didn't hesitate. I was like, great, it's a new learning experience. Um, I don't know much about it, but I'm going to say yes to it, and I'm going to learn on the job, and 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 that's pretty much how that uh, opportunity came about and I was there for two years. I helped them establish um, an online presence, Uh, we developed online capability to help them originate uh, life insurance uh, products online and to communicate and engage with their clients online as well. And um, before long, you know, the whole financial crisis really started to crunch And the real crunch there was about people choosing not to pay for life insurance products because they were seen as more luxury. Right. And so they started to experience a lot of uh, um, lapses in in policies and all. And um, it was at the same time that then NetBank then called me back and said, Hey, you know, we've, uh, we've just lost about a billion Rand in our home loan division. We're looking to, uh, re-establish our brand, re-establish our business and our front end, and uh, we'd like you to come in and help us develop an online platform where our customers can engage with us. I had no experience in home uh, I, all, I, all I had at that stage was, I, I suppose, about five odd years of, of having worked in the online space. And I said, okay, well, great. You know, if I can apply some of those principles um, to this new product set, I think I can be successful. So off I went again, took the opportunity and, um, and found myself back at NetBank um, starting up an online division uh, that was pretty much um, a complete novelty in the context of home loans, which has always been traditionally associated with hand-holding and, and complexity in terms of the application process. So we simplified the uh, the channel. We simplified the data that we wanted for, for from from customers. And um, what we did do differently was we actually expected that customers should have a different experience from that platform than they had in any other platform. Mm. And so the turnaround times for home loans at that stage was about call it about a week to a week and a half. And we just completely flipped that on its head and gave people a turnaround time of literally three hours within the online space. Wow. And that was our hook. Wow. And <laughs> we, we never knew that it was going to work. We just said, well, we know that there's one pain point, which is that customers um, have a lot of anxiety about whether or not a bank will give them a, a home loan um, and whether not they'll get approved. So we said, We'll deal with that anxiety by giving them a quick turnaround time. And hopefully um, they will see that as as value adding. And that's what we did. And uh, about six months later, we were getting anywhere between 500 to 600 applications a month. um, All the way to the peak, um, which is about a year and a half ago, they were getting north of a thousand plus applications a month.
0: Nice. And this is all because, you know, and and what I was noticing is, is a trend here in, in, in your story is, you mm-hmm. know, literally just jumping into something, even if you didn't have the experience, but just saying yes to the opportunity, having, um, I guess, what you'd call a, a, a bias for action um, and and taking that um, leap of faith and just, you know, doing your very best in that role to, to make a difference, which is which is pretty fantastic. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and so, so that that effectively led you to you know you know your career exploding and you became you know probably one of the younger uh managing directors or executives at Netbank. How how did that feel um you know to be an executive you know under 30 which is pretty impressive in a financial institution
1: yeah to be honest with you i never i never actually you know um then it was just about trying to do the best that I could with what I was given, you know. So when I was given the opportunity to launch uh, this platform, which was going to be a, a, a first for the country, that was my focus. Um, launching that after after a year and being in a position where, uh, I suppose, as fate would, would have it, you know, um, you know, you always talk about, people always talk about this idea that, you only get promoted when your boss dies <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or like, you know, you, you've got to wait for somebody else to retire or yeah. something like that, which is kind of very morbid. I mean, yep. no, nobody expects to get their, their breaks from there. That was actually my case, you know, um, a year later, the boss had hired me in. um, uh, he was the executive for sales and client value management. He passed on, um, Suddenly from uh, what wasn't sudden, you know, but he had been battling cancer for for a long time and uh, He took ill very quickly and passed on and within a month. Uh, I was asked whether or not I wanted to take over um, the portfolio of running all of sales and 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 CVM and At that stage I had just sort of landed uh, the online channel and I was still having fun with it. I was still just sort of reveling in, in the fact that we could actually launch something that customers would want to engage in. And again, of course, you know, when the opportunity was presented to me to join the Exco, I just jumped at it. You know, I was, uh, I was like 27, 28 then. And uh, I knew I had big shoes full, I knew it was a big position. But I never thought about the magnitude of it. I just thought about you know what was ahead of me, what what tasks I needed to perform, and um, and I just put my head down and just continued to work.
0: Oh, that's phenomenal! That's phenomenal. So you, it sounds like you you've, you've got some great lessons that that you've learned uh, along the way through your career, and and so let's let's talk a bit about. You know, you're you're now running your your entrepreneurial venture, mortgage market. Sure. Um, you know, leveraging your experience in in financial services in the home loan space, um, and you know, you you effectively saw a gap in in the online um, aggregation uh, space for mortgage loans, and decided to capitalize on it. How how did you come about that? What what were some challenges that you you've experienced building this business uh, up to this point? Um, and also, you know, especially within the environments that you're operating in.
1: Right. So yeah. So you know, as soon as I, as soon as we launched the, um, the digital channels platform for NetBank, at some point in time, uh, probably about three or four months into it, I got a chance to actually just reflect on what we had accomplished, and just reflect on the changes of customer behaviour. And customers being able to come online and make an application to one bank and get this great turnaround time, um, get this great experience in terms of how they were applying for home loans. And the first reflection that I had was this would be phenomenal if we could take this same design and same technology Mm. and actually put it into a marketplace type structure. Mm. But obviously working for a bank I didn't have the opportunity to do that. So it was a thought that was in my head and I was like, ah, oh, great idea. But, you know, I've got this great job ahead of me and I'm just going to continue to press on and add value for the bank. So that, you know, that went on for about five, six years. And then I got headhunted to join uh Absa's business to run their home loans business. And, you know, the mandate there was, We want you to come in and digitize this business, make it a lot more customer focused. And um, again, growth is the main outcome that, you know, my superiors were were expecting from me. Mm. So that thought, again, got deferred because now here's a great opportunity to, you know, be an MD of of a business um, that has the second largest mortgage book in the country. So it was just deferred. And um, I joined Apsir and probably some six, seven months into my journey at APSA, uh unbeknownst to me at that stage was this massive restructure that was coming down the down the line with, with Apsir. They had reset their strategy, which uh, I had expected, um, because I came in there as part of the reset of the strategy. But what I didn't expect was that that would come with a restructure. Mm. And so they restructured the whole retail and business banking division. And like, literally, I'd lost five of my sponsors within a space of two weeks.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Which was quite an incredible experience for me because I never in in my wildest dreams thought that I would be part of a restructure environment. I mean, I had been at that stage, I'd had like seven, eight years of just my growth trajectory was just one way and that was high and up. And, yeah. and I wasn't really even reflecting on the growth that I'd had. It was just kind of just moving on to the next milestone. But this caused me to reflect on my career and what I wanted to do. And um, I was, uh, I was um, part of this restructure. Uh, I lost out in that restructure. So they basically told me, You know, like within a matter of like uh, weeks when my bosses sort of uh, exited uh, APSA, they were like, you're no longer going to be part of, uh, well, you're no longer going to run the home loans division. We'll find you something else to do. And um, that was it. Take some time out and figure out what you want to do. And I was like, (laughs) what? But You know, again, it was one of those moments where you just say to yourself, okay, I'm not going to make any rash decisions here, right? Um, I'm going to take some time out to reflect on my career and what I want to do next. One thing was for sure was that I had enjoyed being in the home loans environment, being in real estate, dealing with making people homeowners, dealing with um, just how people used Homes as assets, and how the bank played a key role in financing homes for, or uh, well financing these assets for ordinary South Africans, and, and that for me was very clear that I wanted to be in that space. So my decision was: if I can't, if I can't add value for a bank from a homeowner's perspective, then how can I do it for an industry? How can I do it for a? Um, an industry that uh, is craving a lot more digital integration and digital involvement in terms of how it, it simplified and added value for customers. So I then just, you know, during my time out, I just thought about the idea of saying, let me do what I did at NetBank and use that technology, but accept solve an even bigger problem in terms of creating a marketplace that customers could engage with all the banks in a transparent, convenient, and controlled manner. And then again, say, how do we move the conversation beyond just technology and say, how do we actually create a business model behind this? Mm. Which I then thought, well, if customers are going to be self-serving, it's always going to be great to give them some level of incentive for them to want to do this on their own. And so uh, then came the decision to say, well, let's split our revenues that we get from from the banks with our customers, you know, they're right. the ones who are making the application. We think that they deserve to have, um, a portion of, um, the profits back to help them with this, uh, you know, very, um, costly journey of becoming a, a homeowner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we put mortgage market together, um, put some developers, um, in place, got a, uh, a partnership with one of the large mortgage origination companies, and um, and we struck a deal. Uh, I own I own seventy percent of uh, the entity. They own thirty percent of it, and we now have a market player that allows customers access uh, to get access to all to all banks in 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 real time.
0: That's amazing. That's really amazing. There's there's a lot of <laughs> innovation there. Um, and and I think for most people, when they're thinking about you know going the entrepreneurial journey, um, sometimes we think that we have to come up with a significantly grand you know idea that's different right. from what we know. Uh, but what you're you're saying and what what your story is showing is that. You know, sometimes you just have to figure out how to build a better mousetrap based on working with mousetraps um, <laughs> <That's> uh, <it. laughs> and, and you, you can create a business out of that. So I guess for, right. for those that are thinking about entrepreneurship um, as as the next phase of, the, of their of their journey, um, feel free to look into what your experience uh, has has given you uh, and see how you can leverage that uh, uh, to move forward. So I just want to pivot. Right. You, you had mentioned, um, you know, uh, as you know, during the restructuring, you had a few sponsors that that, you know, got restructured out. Um, yeah. I guess my, my next question, um, you know, within the, these next uh, five minutes uh, that we have um, is, you know, how did you develop uh, good relationships with sponsors and mentors and, and how in- instrumental were they uh, in uh, catapulting yeah. your career forward?
1: Right. So, you know, it, it, I always say this to people is, um, you know, one of the things that the, the world of employment gives an opportunity to do is to, is to leave a mark, is to build a reputation and, um, and to let your work speak for itself. You know, um, I've always had it in me to, to understand this concept of, You know, well done is always going to be better than well said, right? The fact that you do things means that you can build a body of work that other people will reflect on and take notice and say, that guy's doing something pretty cool. He's a hard worker. He's he's producing things that um, uh, nobody else is doing. So my sponsors came as a result of them seeing the work that I was doing in rebuilding NetBank's front end and in growing its market share in being innovative in terms of the products that we were putting out there. So they actually reached out to me and they said, Hey, uh, our business is nowhere as advanced as what you've done with the net bank business. We want you to come in and actually run this. I had no prior relationships with mm-hmm. them. They really were just looking at the body of work and the output of some of the stuff that I've done. And on that basis alone, they were saying we want you to come and work, work for us. So, in the same way, even when, um, uh, yeah, so, so that, that was what got me into Apsa in the first place, right? right? right. Um, and for me, again, I, I didn't look at the size of the opportunity or the uh, the prestige of being, you know, a young MD. I was probably about thirty three at the time. My focus was on the work, was on making sure that. The level of execution, level of output spoke for itself, um, and uh, that's what's always given me a lot of confidence about. Um, even when I don't know about how the future is going to turn out, I'm always confident that if I if I get a break, that I'm going to make the most of it, and I'm going to I'm going to demonstrate value. Nice. And so that's something that I I I think my sponsors have always sort of been attracted to.
0: Brilliant. I like that. Well done is better than, than well said. Um, so, so, so our last question that, that I'll ask is, you know, um, what advice would you give to a younger version of, of you? Um, and what, what leadership philosophies would you want that person to, to imbibe?
1: So my, my advice that I would give to my younger self is just, uh, take some more risks, damn it. Just keep <laughs> pushing on. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no glory in playing it safe, you know. Um, life is risky on its own, you know. Um, we Every day you're taking a measure of risk when you step outside. Of course, we can't step outside now given COVID-19. But yeah. when eventually we do step outside, you know, um, that's risky on its own, you know. And you've got to start to break down in life in, in, in the context of the things that you can do to better yourself, Better your community, better your improve your, your 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 career prospects by taking more chances. So I would say to my younger self is just go out there and um, you know uh, invest in yourself, take more chances, and uh, and let uh, the universe continue to unfold and bring more opportunities to you as you take more chances
0: excellent very good very good advice um so we'll we'll wrap up uh with with a little uh uh rapid fire session um so gonna ask you about five five questions and you've got you know five seconds or 10 seconds to just give me your best answer um so what is a book that you're currently reading
1: i'm reading three books at the moment i read like multiple books Uh, i've just finished um uh, ben Horowitz "Hard Thing About Hard Things." Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, which is an amazing book. Um, I'm reading Blitzscaling now, uh, which is a Reed Hoffman book. And uh, the third book I'm reading is about um, it's a it's a book on extreme ownership. Okay. Um, which was a book that was done by the Navy SEAL.
0: Okay, cool. Um, what would you say is your favorite place to escape to?
1: Oh, I love LA. I'd come out to LA anytime. Nice. You know, but my favorite place to escape to is really just being around loved ones and friends and family. You know, it uh, doesn't matter where we are as long as those people are around me. You know, it's always a good space.
0: Excellent. And who's your biggest cheerleader or supporter?
1: My wife. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, th- I don't think any she's... other
0: answer would have would have would have worked. <laughs> Um, Okay, and if money or resources were not an issue, what would you do?
1: If money and resources were not issues, um, you mean as a hobby or... uh,
0: Whatever in life. Whatever. Yeah.
1: I would be, sure, I would be speaking to people about my entrepreneurial journey um, and my journey in corporate um, and uh, sharing my story and just, I suppose, just letting people know that The reality is that success is not this big silver bullet Mm. that people can expect. It's really a a collection of um, small habits uh, done really well at a consistent level. Um, Yeah.
0: Awesome. And the last one, early riser or night owl?
1: I'm an early riser. I'm a five o'clock top of guy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, well, Tim, thank you very much for joining us um, all the way from South Africa. We're really appreciated. And and I do know that your story is going to inspire a lot of people to, to take action, whether it's in their entrepreneurial journey, or just to take more risk uh, when it comes to, to their careers. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Made to Lead. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share with others. Also take a moment to leave a review as well. This helps us improve and also get discovered by others. You can also support by following us on Twitter and Instagram at MadeToLead Show, and by visiting our website, madetolead.co. If you would like to be featured or know an amazing person of African descent whose story would be inspirational to others, I'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, madetolead.co slash get featured, and send us a note. As you continue on your own leadership journey, remember that if you don't spread your wings, you'll never know how high or how far you can fly. So stretch your feathers because you were made to lead.